welcome to episode episode 48 of One Controller Report Podcast. This is Benjamin Yoder here today to talk to you again about everything that we usually don't talk about. That's wrong. I'm here to talk to you about video games. I don't know why I went that direction. I think I was trying to think of something that was the idea. So like, you know, you inc- like say this, this podcast about video games and the idea that I was going to exclude everything but video games as a separate intro and I just burped. Um... But that didn't work out, so I'm sorry. Here we are today. We're just going to talk about video games today. Maybe next week. Maybe next week I'll get it right. But, uh, yeah, a lot of stuff happened this week. I particularly want to talk a lot about, um, about ports of older games. Uh, or I don't know if you, do you call them ports these days? I don't even know. Um, particularly, uh, you know, there's the whole Shenmue 1 and 2. Uh, HD got announced for PC, PS4, and Xbox One. I don't think there's a Switch version. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it seems inevitable given that Shenmue 3 was coming, and um, that is something that probably needs to be done. Re remaking Shenmue 1 and 2 available. Uh, I'm not sure who wants Shenmue 1 and 2 these days, at least like a new player. I'd be curious to see somebody play through Shenmue today and then um and then be like, hey, here's my review or something. Um, I did watch Giant Bomb's Shenmue playthrough and it was a rough ride. <laughs> but I think Shenmue 1, if you look at it today, is actually much more of a rough ride than Shenmue 2 was. Um, I'm personally a bigger fan of Shenmue 2 than Shenmue 1, but it doesn't really get as much talk about it. Probably because uh, Shenmue 1 kind of set the... Or I guess you would say raised an expectation of, you know, the interactivity in the environment in terms of like being able to pick stuff up and look at everything and and all these like kind of interworking pieces that, you know, it wasn't the first time this stuff happened, but I think it was the first time all the stuff got kind of pulled together in a way that was trying to portray a realistic world Um, between like, you know, weather, time of day, you know, how characters move around, the environment. Um, and then also, you know, being able to pick up objects and, like, stare at it, go to stores, go do random stuff, that doesn't even matter. And you can definitely point to individual games, I think, that address those pieces individually, or even multiple of those pieces, but maybe not put together in the way that it was in Shenmue 1. Shenmue 2 is just a better game, in my opinion, though. Um, I think the world is a lot more open, there's a lot more variety to what's there. Um, there's a lot more events that feel more, um coincidental i would say like like uh, of 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 the fact that you're there as a player rather than you know the story making you you know succeed in, in some of these sections so anyways shimmy one and two i i forget how i got here but yes it's coming out for ps4 xbox one and pc uh fun fact shinmu two is the first review i did as far as i know or can remember i should say uh, it's a really bad review, and I think about a year or two after I started writing, I actually removed the review from my website because it was so embarrassing. Uh, I wrote it all in Notepad, I didn't edit any of it, and then I published it. Um, <laughs> uh, or I don't even know if I published it, to be honest with you. I think I just shared it with some friends, everyone was like, oof, you need to do editing. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> editing? Weird. No. Also, it was a big angry letter about how Shinmu 3 wasn't getting made to Sega, because at the time I was a lot more of a fanboy with that kind of stuff, so... Shinmu. It's a right game. And, you know, Shinmu 2 is a Xbox game. Um, and we we actually there was a big announcement list, and I hope I didn't talk about this last week. I don't think I did. Um I don't even know when this was announced. Was it 
April 10th, so that would have been this week, yeah. Um, so, so the, uh, the Xbox One's getting a lot more original Xbox games, and I think that's, the second wave is particularly important, because I think the first wave's games were kind of okay at best, um, but I see some games in here that are actually, actually of note, um, more recently, I made a Panzer Dragoon Order video about that game being probably my favorite original Xbox game, and hey, what do you know, <laughs> April 17th, uh, is that the day you're hearing this? The d- so if you're listening to this the day it goes up, tomorrow you can get Panzer Dragon Order on Xbox One. Um, and apparently they patched the PAL version for the 360, which was broken. So hey, yeah, Panzer Dragon Order. That's a great way to play that game, I'm sure. Well, hey, I said that. I have no idea what the quality of that port is. I hope it's a great way to play that game. It's going to be running at a higher resolution, although the game ran at 480p as is. Um, there's a huge list here, but if you want to look at them, you know, go 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 online. I remember Breakdown, which also came, is coming out on the 17th, was one that my friend in high school really wanted me to play, but I never did. Um, and then the other game of note, if you've been listening to me recently, I've been talking a lot about Full Spectrum Warrior and like my desire to play it. Hey, Full Spectrum Warrior is coming out on April 26th, <laughs> so I was surprised to see that. Um, I, I don't know if I'll play this version because I don't have an Xbox One. Uh, cool tips, but uh, Full Spectrum Warrior is a cool game, which speaking of it, I need to double check that Full Spectrum Warrior isn't playable on Xbox 360, because the whole issue I'm having is Full Spectrum Warrior, or my Xbox component cables are not great, and if I could just plug it into a 360, problem solved, and we could move forward. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't be running at HD, but 480p is fine. I would assume it's not a 720p game. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. Xbox can, The original Xbox can do 720p, so... Um, yeah, so that, that's kind of the, the list there. I think I want to play Star Wars Republic Commando. Is that the one? Yeah, Republic Commando. I'd like to play that someday. That's also getting an Xbox One release, but I'll end up, probably end up playing the PC version. I typically play shooters on a, on a PC. Um, but we'll see. It's been on my list for a long time and I have not made any kind of like point to try to play it, even though it's been readily available for a long time. Um, so after all that, <laughs> I guess, I mean, I guess one thing I do want to say about ports in general is I've seen a lot of negativity towards ports, uh, recently, and I'm not going to say that it's wrong to be disappointed in ports, um, especially if it's a franchise you're really, really, you know, interested in and you're like, Hey, you know, I, I'm a big, big full spectrum warrior fan. Let's say that I'm a big full spectrum warrior fan. I haven't played the full spectrum warrior one or two, and I have both. Uh, but I did enjoy Full Spectrum Warrior as a kid, as much as as little as I played of it. Um, so we'll see if I still like it today. But say I had played through, loved Full Spectrum Warrior, created my my Full Spectrum Warrior Dojin content, like all of my memories and dreams. And somebody said, "Hey, Full Spectrum Warrior, we got news soon." And I'd be like, "Oh yeah, Full Spectrum Warrior Three, boy oh boy!" And then it's just a port of the first games. I could totally understand that disappointment. Um, I will say though, in general, like it's it's not as big of a deal with like more recent titles but a lot of these older titles like Shenmue and stuff like that it, it it's becoming harder and harder to play them at times on modern TVs and I know that seems like a silly complaint maybe like oh just run composite it's not always that simple uh, I have a a HDTV a cheaper one admittedly that uh hates 480i signals and I typically am completely fine playing with pretty much any TV, um, as long as I can see the game. Um, but this is just, when I try to play 480i games on it, it just, it just, 
is laggy. It, the screen is tearing all the time. And it actually like stutters frequently, and it's just not, it's not a great experience. And even when I get like a clean 480i signal to it, like if I run a 480i over HDMI, um, it still will just sit there and like shimmer nonstop. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is hard to look at. Um, so I'll say with like older games, I'm always for for those ports and like making them more accessible and available. Um, and for for newer games, uh, I I think there's always a case for one game to be ported. Um, I think everyone has that one game that they would like to be ported to a new console. Is maybe what I should say. Like I would say, I don't really care about Wii U to switch ports, all those that are happening, or even PS3 to 360 ports very often. Um, but when I think of games like Xenoblade Chronicles X is the one that I always say, um, it's just like, I would like to hopefully have that brought over and then hope it has some tweaks to it. Maybe that's what I ultimately want is just some tweaks. And then like the original Xenoblade would just be nice if it was more playable or more accessible. Um, but that's kind of its own thing of the original Xenoblade is kind of expensive to get a hold of, or it's on the Wii U and you don't have a Wii U, but but yeah, I think I think everyone will always have their case where a game may, being ported makes sense. And I I think there's so many new games coming out these days, and I don't think typically the developers who are creating games are always that. Like so, for example, like Nintendo didn't work on Twilight Princess HD. That was like tantalous. And yes, resources and money go into that Twilight Princess HD port, but it's probably a lot cheaper than making a full game. And I doubt Nintendo would have went to Tantalus to make a full game as is. <laughs> um, and then sometimes it can lead to, to some future projects. Like there's Grezzo, who, who was doing all those Legend of Zelda ports at the time, and eventually they made their own Zelda game, Triforce Heroes. So I think there's, I think these games have value, um, and honestly, with how many games come out these days, Jesus Christ, uh, having ports mixed in there isn't necessarily a bad thing. I think people are tired of them being announced, and I can understand that, but eh, I'm happy they're around. The more ways to play a game, play a game, the better, typically. Um, usually if it doesn't, if it gets stuck to one platform then then as that platform starts to wane and as technology moves on it can be harder and harder to really find ways to access that later on so if you keep bringing it forward that's nice um but you know i don't think it's as big of a deal these days versus like when the ps4 and xbox one were first announced and people were struggling to get software on the system Let's talk about Fantasy Star Online 2. What do I want to say about Fantasy Star Online 2? I've been, I'm around like level 20 right now. Um, I started it up again. Uh, it's kind of fascinating. I don't remember if I mentioned this last time, but the actual game, um, it actually forces you into, I think, episode 5 content from the very beginning, which is the most recent episode. So when you start the game, it just jumps, throws you right in episode 5. I've been skipping all the cutscenes because of that. Um, but I found out recently uh, they... So the episode one content is there in terms of like doing the missions and stuff, but the story content is actually like listed as a mission on the quest board there. And you can actually watch the episode one through, I believe three, uh, cutscenes. just don't, you don't play action mission or reward. Um, so I might actually start paying more attention to the story. Um, especially since it's kind of like shoved off on the side and you kind of do it at your own pace. So it's not like, uh, something that I... Another issue I was having originally when I was taking the stories, like if I played with friends or something, I wasn't paying attention because A, the voice acting's in Japanese, so I have to entirely read it. 
and then B, people are talking over me reading it, and I'm just not consuming that stuff nearly as much. I found that's a big problem with kind of co-op games, is that frequently, especially if a, if if the story uh, cutscenes are kind of not lined up with each other, um, it causes problems where where each or players are talking over the cutscenes and and you can't really absorb them and so that's something I kind of like about um, God Eater a lot is that everybody watches the same cutscenes at the same time um, so you're all kind of invested in this cutscene and you can actually kind of talk about the cutscene as you go through too if uh, that's what your group wants to do um, and then also I recently played through A Way Out with my friend um, and that's the same kind of thing because you're both seeing the same stuff at the same time hearing the same dialogue at the same time uh, you don't have to really worry about other conversations uh, bleeding over unless you just have a friend that doesn't want to like particularly pay attention to the game story and just talking the whole time. Uh, but yeah, I think part of that's also just who you're playing with. But I, I, I think that's one thing I would like to see more in games is the synchronization of cutscenes between multiple players. Um, because, you know, inevitably, if you're playing like Freedom Wars or Final Fantasy XIV, um, there's times where you're trying to to watch these cutscenes, but everyone's kind of off doing their own thing, and so they're talking and stuff, and it's to the point where I had to like take my headphones off or something because I'm in the middle of like art, or, or see if I can mute them, you know, in some way, and see if um, and then try to pay attention to the story, and then come back into the chat, and then hopefully nobody was trying to harass me. But then at the same time, it's also like, oh, these like are long story segments. Anyways, point being, yes, I would like to see more games synchronize their cutscenes. Um, but yeah, so Fantasy Star Zero is still, or Fantasy Star Online 2 is still pretty alright. I'm still playing Hunter, uh, I'm at level 20 Hunter, but I think I might switch over to the Tekker, which is like the melee, uh, magic type, because I've always been more of a melee magic type kind of player. Um, but I think I'm gonna hit the first level cap, which I think is 30. The first level cap you hit is 30, and then you have to do like a quest to get past it. Um, so that's, that's the plan for that. And then I've also been playing more Closers. I don't remember if I mentioned this last time. Did I mention this last time? Closers is a Korean MMO, or a uh, Korean, not MMO, sorry. It's a Korean beat-em-up game. Um, and yeah, I'm actually going to link a video in the description to, to give a look at it. But um, yeah, I've been playing as their one of the new uh, characters they have called Tina. I named mine Pen Pen Tina after Pen Pen Triathlon's Tina. Look nothing alike. <laughs> Don't look up Pen Pen Triathlon and you'll have a good time. Uh, you might not have a good time. I need to play Pen Pen Triathlon at some point. I have a copy sitting here right beside me. I am now holding it. It's in my hand. Pen Pen Triathlon. Someday. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I've been playing that. And I think what's most interesting about uh, Closers is just the, the, the sheer number of moves you have. And also how the chain system works in the game. And I'm sure there's probably other beat-em-ups that work this way too. I'm just not super familiar with more modern beat-em-ups. I play, um, I've played like Streets of Rage and stuff like that. But it's basically like you have a, a, a set combo. And then you also have, I think, four or five skills. And then as you use these skills, you kind of um, uh, combo them together to to put the enemy in different situations. So, like, if you have a skill that dashes through enemies, if you hit the, the skill button again after you've dashed through, you'll turn around and shoot it with a shotgun. And then, um, and then you can... Uh, 
use your normal attacks to shoot into the air and then after you shot them through the air you can then hit them with like a laser beam either aerial on the in the air if you can or on the ground and then you can dash through hit them again with another skill and then uh launch them into the air with a sniper rifle shot and then like angle that the second shot to hit them in the air to keep them in the air and then shoot them again and it's just kind of like this back and forth of um of juggling them in the air because when they're in the air they take more damage because it's considered aerial damage um and so that's just like that's just like the the stock build of tina (laughs) um and you pretty much just do that over and over again (laughs) but it's a lot of um you know kind of adapting to the situation you know if if you don't have that perfect combo going on there's ways to um to kind of manage enemies around you as well um and then each character has like a, a special skill and stuff um and I think there's like eight, eight to ten characters, um, so it's pretty nice. And then it, it sounds like you unlock more skills as you go on, so you can, I assume, be able to change your build. So if I swapped out like the the two moves that knocked them into the air, maybe there's some other way to 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 take advantage to do more damage. Like there's back attacks. Um, I think there's also like. I don't know what the other one is. There's one that's like doing an aerial attack downward. I think if the player is in the air, you get a bonus damage as well. Um, but with Tina, I feel like you just kind of stick on the ground for the most part. I could be wrong. I'm not, I'm sure I'm not playing this game most efficiently, but closers, it seems pretty all right. Let's do the fortune cookie segment. If you haven't been here before, fortune cookie segment is when I just pull a random game out of my collection on this outdated list of games I have and just talk about it. And, uh, (laughs) we're going to talk about Wrecking Crew. Um, I, let me think about this. Okay. Wrecking Crew, I tried to beat. So if you're not familiar, Wrecking Crew is a NES game. Um, technically in the Mario series of games, technically not too. Um, basically your little, your little, little, little construction man going around and you're like breaking down walls and breaking down ladders and exploding bombs, basically destroying this, uh, I would assume it'd be a building, although it doesn't particularly look like a building when you're playing it. Um, and then you have this guy that walks around and chases you around and tries to hit you. People make a lot of comparisons to Wario for this guy. I think he was made before Wario, though. I forget what his name is, though. Um, and yeah, it's just a, a little puzzle game, essentially. You basically have to break stuff in a certain order and then try to avoid this guy who's chasing you around. Um, so one thing I... I what's kind of nice about a lot of those black box NES games is you can actually choose the stage you start on, I believe. Um, maybe this is just in later versions of the game. I was playing it on 3DS, so they may have changed that in different versions of the game. But essentially, you could just sit there and choose whatever stage you want to start on if you want. Um, I think because they're technically puzzles, so you're playing like Puzzle 80 or something like that. And so I uh, I, I started going through all the Wrecking Crew, crew puzzles and I actually had a really hard time. <laughs> and I don't think I ever actually beat it, um, unfortunately. We can actually see. I probably would have, back to then, I probably would have, been keeping up with this and I probably would have marked if I beaten it I don't think I did let's see probably under 3ds downloads wrecking crew unfinished so yeah I did not beat it um I did the similar tactic with uh, ice climbers on 3ds and I did beat ice climbers um ice climbers was a fun game to go through uh but those black box games in general are probably closer to like you know, pre pre Mario Brothers style games, a lot of a lot of you know set pieces that are just kind of reorienting themselves to challenge the player in new ways, and then maybe every twenty thirty floors it introduces an obstacle. 
Um, but Wrecking Crew is a, a, a cool curiosity. Um, I I can't recommend playing it, but if you happen cop happen with the cop happen to end up with the copy, which over the years there's a good chance you just have a copy somewhere, either if it's in Animal Crossing or or if you have an e-reader, maybe it's on e-reader. I can't remember if it's on e-reader. I would expect it to be on e-reader. Uh, if you were a Nintendo 3DS ambassador, you probably have a copy. Uh, just poke around with it. Yeah, it's neat. Maybe don't try to beat it, but you know, just just play maybe like you know five matches and go okay yeah this is all right it's got pretty good music too i think um so yeah that's gonna do it for this week thanks for listening it kind of it kind of hit <laughs> we kind of shifted gears pretty pretty quickly at one point and i hope it wasn't too too drastic although i think i i had like a three or five second silence and then i was just like let's just talk about Fast star online too <laughs> so yeah uh stream is out this week um, I had a Dragon Ball Fighter Z article go up last, I think it was this week. So I think I had an article go up this week for Dragon Ball Fighter Z. It's just a little article. Um, it's not a review of the game. I've given up on reviewing fighting games unless there's any specific reason why I think I have some sort of, um, interest or experience with the title that would outweigh the competitive nature of, of a fighting game. If a, if a fighting game is, you know, pursuing a, a competitive audience and then, me as a bottom tier player uh can't find a reason to enjoy it outside of just you know my typical enjoyment of fighting games um I, I i don't feel particularly comfortable reviewing it maybe like something like castlevania judgment might be the the, the exception because it's more of a a weird action fighter thing that feels kind of like power stone in a lot of ways i don't know uh, I have an old, that's like a review from like 2008 or 2009, maybe 2010, I don't know. You can find my Castlevania review if you want. You're probably It's probably not very good, but hey, go for it. Just go for it. It's like 1080. Snowboarding. That's it for this week. Thanks so much for listening, and you guys have a good week. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.